with the full pilot script written and preliminary success navigating the sometimes stormy waters of creative collaboration, it was time to enter the wild west of fundraising. If we wanted to see Pump on our screens as originally written, we'd need tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we needed it quickly. My name is Jack Stigelmeyer, and this is Before the Sticks, a podcast diving into all that goes on before the director calls action and the famous clapperboard, known as the Sticks, starts a scene. Last time on Before the Sticks, we met pump creator Corey Calamus. Together, we explored his weight loss journey, the inspiration for pump, and we talked a little bit about how the creative team came together behind an idea we all believe will be the next hit mockumentary. The next problem? Funding the project. A problem not unique to the fictional characters in Pump. I don't know what else to do. Last month's promo was flat. The sign swingers didn't help. Uh, Imani has now had to step up because Danny can't teach a yoga class to save his f***ing life. None of that matters, Miles. If we don't get our membership up, then you can say bye-bye, Pump. Wait, what? My husband is pulling the funding at the end of the quarter, so we're all out of a job. There are countless ideas and unmade scripts floating around in the film and television universe because of one huge issue. Money. Unless you strike gold, win the lottery, or launch a wildly successful crowdfunding campaign, most scripts will never see the light of day, or the bright lights of a set. Money, as it turns out, had a huge impact on our decision-making process, specifically the decision to produce a sizzle reel, as opposed to a full pilot, a strategy that our line producer, Eddie Ligori, acknowledges is unusual. We made a sizzle. We don't have a TV show or a movie to sell in the end of this. We just have that. Here's our idea and here's it explained in this trailer-esque format that you can really get a hold of it. Pump Sizzle is a seven-minute snapshot of the show, shot over two days. That decision to shoot a sizzle instead of a pilot episode was definitely made for financial reasons. The challenges that come with that are obviously, it's a double-edged sword because we're, what we're doing is we're filming the actual thing and we're saying, hey, this is what the show would look and feel like. But sometimes that goes against you because to a prospective network or buyer or something, they may read the material and be thinking something else in their brain. And then we went ahead and made that vision for them. While Corey agrees that the decision to produce a sizzle was financial, he believes it offers us some unique benefits. Obviously, if we had a 150K, yeah, I would love to have shot a full pilot episode. But I think what we did is, I don't want to say better, I think it's good. The route that we took was perfect because it is now leaving Pump open to be whatever it wants to be. Raising $150,000 to produce a full 30-minute pilot is a near-impossible task unless you're extremely well-connected or independently wealthy. Producers aren't just floating around writing those kinds of checks. Another option is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is a new way to raise small amounts of money from a large number of investors. Basically, as this ad explains, 
you launch a fundraising campaign on a website, like Kickstarter. So the idea is this. I'm writing a book. A feature film. Stop motion animations. Sci-fi music video album. Oh, people will actually be able to buy a couture dress that they themselves designed. I want to make a new graphic novel, and I want you to get some original art. I'd like your help to complete it. Cut out all that extraneous stuff, all those extraneous costs, and get to the point, which is simply more art in front of more people. A campaign sets a financial goal and is then open to the general public. Generally, friends and family donate small, or if you're lucky, large amounts of money to meet that goal over a fixed period of time. Donors are often incentivized with perks, like their names in the credits, or signed scripts or posters, to name a few. According to film and TV researcher Stephen Follows, half of all crowdfunding campaigns try to raise less than $7,000. Campaigns above $50,000, which was our budget, are usually not successful. In fact, only about one in 10 of the campaigns for $50,000 and up meet their goal. The research pretty plainly states that smaller campaigns are more likely to be successful. And there's another wrinkle to that crowdfunding model. If a campaign doesn't meet its goal, donors are not charged, and the filmmaker gets nothing. Taking that chance was not an option for Corey, who instead decided to approach someone he thought could help him approach investors. Knowing John and the fact that he helped, obviously, with the Drifter, he made the Drifter happen, and he is like family. He believes in us, and he believes in what we do and loves what we do, and I was like, maybe John would be interested in this. As I mentioned in the first episode, John is my father, and... I can tell you, he was definitely interested in this project. And just to refresh your memory, my father backed Craig Calamus's award-winning feature film, The Drifter, which also happened to be my feature film debut. I initially met Craig when you auditioned for The Drifter. He and I became friendly, we talked, I found him to be interesting, smart, creative, and I ended up as an executive producer on that because I helped him get to the finish line. The Drifter ran into an all-too-common problem. It ran out of money. Without John's investment, that film may never have been finished. And the serendipitous chain of events leading to Pump may have never happened either. As soon as they told me about it, I was interested. You know that I'm not a, a consumer of a ton of current comedy, but I like comedy. It just struck me when they pitched the idea that there was just a lot of inherent funny stuff in a gym that you could play on. You know, the way people look, accidents, you know, it's just a mishmash of people in a, in a neighborhood, especially a diverse neighborhood like Brooklyn. Corey was pleasantly surprised that John was so interested in his idea. If somebody of John's demographic was interested in it, I was like, that's cool. You know, because right now it appeals to the, a lot of the younger crowd, not to, you know, not to say he's old or anything. With an initial budget of $35,000, one that ballooned to $55,000 as soon as the office's Brian Bumgarner accepted the lead role, John began raising funds for Pump, a challenge he admittedly underestimated. I approached over 100 people to raise money in $2,500 increments and got turned down by people with tons of money, people with a lot of money, people who could write a $2,500 check and it, you know, it was nothing, literally. So the raise of the capital was a lot more difficult than I anticipated. And I ended up 
basically putting in about half, maybe 45%, with the belief that it would be successful and that we would sell the show. And I still think that we will, although we haven't yet, but I'm, I'm still pretty optimistic. Only one of the five investors John signed up had any experience in TV or film, and that was me. I pretty much emptied my modest savings account and invested $2,500 into the project. To convince the other four investors, my father trotted out the show Bible and pitch decks, documents that show information on characters, plot, settings, and other elements of an unmade TV project. Thanks to their past business with my father and the lucrative prospects of getting in on the ground floor of a potential hit TV show, they signed on. So the investors would minimally make two times what they put in. Any funds after that are distributed a certain percentage to the producers. I believe it's 60% and 40% to the investors on a pro rata basis. In plain English, that means the investors are entitled to at least double their money. So for my $2,500, assuming pump sells for $100,000, and just between you and me, we won't take any less, I get five grand. Once the investors are paid off, any additional money is split 60-40 between the producers and creators, like Corey, Craig, and Eddie, and the investors. While we had the money in hand, we faced another steep challenge once pump was completed. Selling the project. John's ability to raise funds from his connections in the pool and spa industry was a double-edged sword. On the one hand, we had our money and our creative freedom. On the other, our relative lack of industry experience and connections left us a little lost on how to sell Pump. Netflix and Hulu aren't exactly accepting DVDs in the mail for the next great comedy. We decided, after talking to our star that we'd first rely on Brian Bumpgarner to use his connections from the office to try to sell the project. In a December 2020 email, Brian did say there was a potential home for Pump at ABC, albeit a long shot, filling the void left by Modern Family, which had just ended after 11 seasons. He also mentioned some positive conversations with Randall Einhorn, a producer on The Office and Always Sunny. Needless to say, we were excited. Unfortunately, our contact with Brian beyond that email has been limited. Initially, it was very frustrating because there was this built-in sense of loyalty to Brian that he was going to get the, the show sold. And, and it was, we just got to wait for Brian. We just have to wait for Brian. I didn't agree with that. I mean, after a few months went by, six months maybe, we stayed in, tried to stay in contact. Eddie was in contact with Brian's manager, and we just weren't getting anywhere. I've also reached out to his manager, Ted Gekas, and Brian personally by phone and email with little luck. While we still hope for a Brian-driven sale, we are working other channels to get Pump in front of the right people. But more on that in an upcoming episode. Join me next week for an inside look at the script's evolution and the casting process. I'll speak to three of the cast members about their favorite on-set experiences filming the all-important sizzle reel. I'm your host, Jack Stigelmeyer, and this has been Before the Sticks, produced with the support of Hunter College's journalism program. Thank you to everyone for listening, and I'll see you next week for another episode of Before the Sticks. <laughs>